Download the RideList app today. Start sharing, buying, and selling your gear right now using your iPhone. It's fast. It's easy. It's free. The RideList app. Download it today. RideList. And this show brought to you in part by the Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. This year honoring Wayne Lynch and the icons of foam shape off. And of course, great deals on surfboards, fins, wetsuits, gear, art, and skateboards. All the top brands. And the Surfboard Demo Morning presented by Sustainable Surf. Live laminating demonstrations highlighting new technologies, new resins, new carbons, and weaves. Also featuring the California Gold Surf Auction, an incredible array of vintage surfboards and memorabilia on the auction block. Live music, food, beverage, and good times. The Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. May 4th and 5th at the Delmar Fairgrounds, boardroomshow.com. Bruce Brown's 1971 Oscar-nominated film, On Any Sunday, which brilliantly puts an inclusive twist on motorcycle culture, is as good as The Endless Summer. That's saying quite a bit. Both films allowed middle America to relax about these somewhat taboo cultures. The Endless Summer is, of course, the seminal surf film. It is our Gone with the Wind, our The Godfather, our Rocky. I never met Bruce Brown. Dana Brown, Bruce's son, carries himself with a smart humility, easy to talk to, considerate, a good listener. And while some have said that The Endless Summer was Bruce Brown's opus, I bet Bruce Brown and his wife Pat might argue otherwise. The Boardroom Podcast with filmmaker Dana Brown. Let us begin. Dana Brown, son of Bruce Brown, filmmaker... Uh, you have a long list of credits, but perhaps step into liquid, the most critically acclaimed movie. Um, what was your New Year's resolution? <laughs> um, I guess, you know, honestly, it was just kind of to be happy and be positive. How do you my, do that? My, How do you go about that? What does that mean? Oh, just for me, just focusing on the things that are important, you know, my family or my grandkids or, or whatnot. You know, my dad passed away. In 2017, so the year after he passed away, there's just a lot of, you know, it's a big void. Yeah. So um, just work hard and be a good person, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good I, New I, Year's I, resolution. Yeah, I might adopt that. Okay. Good. <laughs> when was the last time you killed an animal? Wow. Last time I killed an animal. I don't hunt. I used to hunt with my pop a long time ago. Um, last time I killed an animal. I don't know. I couldn't say. I think now that you have those uh, vets that show up and put your animals down when they get old, I don't think. Okay. I mean, so it might have been when you were hunting with your father a long, long, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot birds and stuff, yeah. Right, like what, like quail? Quail, yeah. yeah. 12 gauge? 12 gauge, yeah, duck, <clears throat> duck hunting. You know, like yeah. he, I don't do it at all anymore. He, he broke me of it when I was young. Cause oh, really? Your father broke you of hunting? Yeah, well, Why? just because, well, you're little. And those things hurt your shoulders when you shoot oh, and stuff. Oh, so it's about your physical. Yeah, I'd rather go surfing and okay. stuff back then. Gotcha. 
Um, in my deep dive into research on you last night, which started at about eight o'clock, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got caught up in on any Sunday. I ended mm-hmm. up watching the whole film again. I know I saw it when I was a grom way back yeah. when. There's an opening scene where there's a bunch of kids riding bikes, and right. I thought to myself, I bet Dana Brown's one of those kids. No. But no? Huh. No, we used to do the same thing, but uh, Jeff Alter was in there, and the Manderville brothers, Mike and Mark, and uh, Jim Forrester. It's funny, I remember those guys. We, that was like, we were a little bitter, my brother and I. Like, well, we do that. Why didn't you shoot us? Yeah, I can so, imagine. So, no, we're not. But the Manderville brothers looked a lot like, even in, at Marco Forrester in junior high school, yeah. people call me Mark or they call him Dana because we looked alike. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you grew up in the Dana Point area yeah. right there with uh, just sort of a, a hotbed of surf industry happening yeah. back yeah. then. You know, that was with, my childhood. I yeah. mean, you didn't think of it as a hotbed of surf industry action. It was just no. where you're growing up. But. It was kind of fascinating just looking at the homes, like behind the scene where the kids are riding the bike. Yeah. And, and it's real kind of Dana Point suburbia. Yeah. Uh, for Ben especially, mm-hmm. it wasn't like little quaint little cottages like you'd see in Laguna Beach. It was more like, hey, let's let's Irvine Company, let's build some homes yeah, here. Yeah, it was very wide open. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was wide open yeah. spaces. Yeah. And... Another silly question, not silly, but one that interests me. Um, the last scene in On Any Sunday, where the guys are basically on sand dunes, mm-hmm. is that down at Ka- Cantamar mm-hmm. in Baja? Part of it's in Canamar, part of it's at Camp Pendleton. It was shot in a few different places, okay. but yeah, yeah, it was. Um, cool movie. I enjoyed the, enjoyed the crap out of it. And what what I really noticed was there seemed to be sort of a um, – there was definitely – and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was a template that your dad took from The Endless Summer, Bruce Brown's The Endless Summer, and kind of moved it over to this motorcycle culture. Yeah, I think he, he wanted to – tell a true and honest and positive story about motorcycle racing in the world of motorcycles so if that's the template it was maybe it was more that just the narration was so heartwarming you know to hear yeah. your father's that same voice that i'm so familiar with with the endless summer yeah. and to hear that yeah it's just, a hell of a film it's my it's it's my favorite one of my favorite films anybody's ever made is yeah. on sunday it got nominated for an Oscar. Didn't win, but yeah. it got nominated. What do you remember? Which one won? It was a, it was it was a, a film called Hellstrom Chronicle about bugs. One. What was it called? Hellstrom Chronicle. A documentary. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. About bugs. About bugs. Yeah. Huh. Somebody paid off the judges. Probably. <laughs> Probably. It's been you know they they get it down to where there's not that many. I mean, Step was we were real close to getting nominated. And Dust to Glory, another film. Yeah, I did. But it's hard. This year, there's a, a film I think it's called Free Solo that's about climbing. Awesome movie. That's nominated. Oh my god! And it's so neat that a, that that this genre can get nominated because they usually ignore it. It can be real popular. It can have a lot of influence. It can last in, in the culture like Step has or Dust to Glory in the Off Road or Only Sunday in the Summer. But it the Academy itself doesn't give as much credence or has it in the past. It's usually movies about. Uh, starvation or you know pretty heavy topics yeah so it's neat that they go to the toy department i think uh, i was really stoked to see that free solo got a nomination and did you see this movie free solo? yeah yeah it's unbelievable i love that those guys that do all the climbing movies mike hoover who is director of photography and uh on endless summer two was a that's his background he, he was nominated for a couple oscars for short documentary and stuff and those guys it's so visual it's unbelievable what they do i love watching those things if I suggested to you that the reason that movie was nominated had nothing to do with the climbing or the cinematography or any of that, 
but or actually the thing that pushed it over the top because right. all of that stuff was obviously incredibly right. important but it was the relationship with him and his girlfriend that i could see the academy voters going oh this is sweet that there was this sure tension between sure what was his name honald alex and his girlfriend yeah. you know there was that tension and i could see how that helps it transcend just this cultural little niche market sure. to, hey, guess sure. what? Everyone has problems with their girlfriends. Yeah, I, I think so. I think yeah. that's what they look for. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's funny, the documentaries that last, like Michael Moore has never been nominated for an Oscar and yeah. for his stuff. And you got real influential guys. It, it, but yeah, I think so. I mean, that's just a hell of a good movie. It was too. fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. What was so fascinating about that movie, and I think you'll know what I mean, but we know what the outcome of the movie was. We know he lives, yeah. but I'm on the edge of my seat. Right. Even though we know he lives when he's right. making that last climb yeah. and you're like, maybe he's going to fall even yeah. though we know he lives. Exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah. Filmmaking. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, Bruce Brown's, um, obviously, Dana, you're the son. Endless Summer, undoubtedly the most famous and frankly the best surf film ever made, uh, from my, in my opinion. It, because... Right, it spoke to the core audience, but it did this thing. It bridged the gap to this great, main, had great mainstream appeal, right. transcended. What What do you think it is about the endless summer? What um, What was it from a filmmaker standpoint that you think helped it make this jump, this leap? Well, I think it captured. He captured the joy and the adventure and the and the kind of this cowboy quality that surfing has. I think up to that point, it was more of a gimmick, you know, and, and that lasts his choice of songs His, I mean, endless summer, the original has got to have like, by and large, the worst surf of any surf film ever made. Cause he was getting off in Ghana and it's two feet, but he made the story. Like it was these guys. So I think you left and you think like, Oh, I'd like to get off my couch and try something like that. You know? Yeah. And he, I think Jerry Lopez once told me there was a bubble that was floating around and dad took a pin and, you know, you can only pop the bubble once. Wow. I mean, that, I, and I think he's right. I mean, that movie just set. So like when I did Step in the Lick, right, at high water, or anything I do in surfing, it's like, it's just, you don't try to outdo the middle of summer. Nobody yeah. does. Why yeah. would you? It happened that one time and and that's it. You can do a hell of a great film, but he kept, all those elements are there in that film, you know? Yeah. And, and there's part of filmmaking is a magic trick. I mean, I've, always, I've, I've said this before to people. It's like, you know, the guy's got the big top hat and he pulls the rabbit out and you figure the magician knows a rabbit's coming out. But I mean, sometimes you do a good film and you go, holy crap, you're surprised the audience. You know, there's the rabbit out right. of the hat. And, yeah. and that movie just has all those elements. Yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, I, I try to pinpoint what it is. And sometimes I wonder if it was just great timing. Did timing have anything? 1965 or 66? 66. Was the, was the nation ready for something like this? Was, did we need some adventure in our lives? I mean, I wonder if, if that's like an unknown. You know? I, I think that's an unknown. It's yeah. definitely something that's been written about and, and talked about. And it's something I couldn't, I couldn't possibly say that's not the reason. Yeah. Because all those things are reasons for something to be popular. But yeah, Vietnam and... Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. That was like a breath of fresh air, for yeah. sure. Uh, from a filmmaker standpoint, Dana, if you look back on it now, are there any weaknesses to The Endless Summer that you, you and your dad may have spoken about over a, a whiskey or something some late evening? And uh, so, oh, what if we tweaked this? I, I or, think, you know, he did it for $50,000 with like one camera. 
So, I mean, if any of their weaknesses is like he couldn't spend that much time there and you're limited by lenses. But but then you could look at it, too, like that's what helped give it its charm yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, so I think if you're a filmmaker, whatever you're doing, you know, once you if you do your best and you do it, you kind of leave it out there. And if it lasts and it's great. And if it doesn't, that's OK. You did your best. You yeah. Know? So I think that's how I looked at it. But yeah. I certainly wouldn't have talked to him about like, Dad, what about the weaknesses? I tease him. <laughs> I tease him sometimes about some of the narration, you know, like uh, the power of one of these waves will, you know. The strength yeah. of one of these waves power the city of Detroit for a week. You know, I know you made that up. Even the name Endless Summer, I said, it's not, I think there's a line in there. It was, if you travel enough, it's always summer somewhere in the world. Yeah. It's totally not true. <laughs> fall, there's fall and then there's spring. And so I told him that. And there's a few people around. He just looked at me and went, he, he suck his teeth all the time. He go, you ever heard of Poetic License? <laughs> I'm like, there you go. Yeah. So I think it's the greatest poem to, uh, to surfing, I mean, it just is, and it's lasted all these years. Kids still, yeah, discover it. My grandson, I, I had dinner with him last night, and my my daughter and my granddaughter, and my grandson's telling me he surfs. He's all seven, lives here in San Clemente, and uh, you know, and he's come to some of the premieres of my things, and he goes, "Grandpa, I was talking to like a teacher or something," and they're talking about surf filmmakers, and he goes, "My grandfather and great grandfather surf filmmakers," and the guy literally went. Well, unless one of them did the endless summer, it doesn't count. Like, because it's St. Clemente, so maybe yeah. every little kid says right. that. And, and Kingston goes, well, he made the endless summer. <laughs> and the, and King, so King, you just told me that yesterday. I thought that was the greatest story. That there you go. That's story. dropping the bomb on him. Yeah, no, is, he made that. You know. That is a mic drop right yeah, there. Huh? Yeah. How old are you, Dana? I'm 59. Okay, so... I'm of the opinion that... Um, for 26, I'm sorry. I'm right. doing that for somebody in the room that told me you just never age over 26. I'm 59. Huh. All right. Yeah. So Vicky's 26? That's Is that what, what I'm going to be? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, I look at free ride as sort of my generation's endless summer. Yeah. And you're probably right there. Maybe even mm. it's probably five summer stories for you. You're just a yeah. few years older than me. Yeah. Um, and then after free ride... Um, and in fact, was that your, was that sort of your endless summer? Was that your, the movie of your generation yeah, or yeah. was it what, like, what do you look yeah, at? I, as, I was a little younger a, when I was t- 11, 12, I guess when five summer stories yeah. was making the rounds, but free rider, I remember vividly seeing that in, uh, used to be a theater in Laguna Niguel. And it was, uh, again, we went back and watched that thing. We couldn't believe the tube riding and stuff. Yeah. Like as the years have gone by, like Sean Thompson's a good friend of mine and stuff. And I'll tell them like, geez. It's it's still weird. Like I'll be friends with him and go. Like I remember sitting in a theater going, you know, I'd give my leg to be able to do that. I mean, that yeah. was like the most glamorous thing I've seen. And Bill Delaney, who made that film, is just the nicest guy in the world. I don't know Bill real well, but we've crossed paths, and yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. So that was sort of right there in your wheelhouse. Yeah. As a teenage yeah, yeah, surfer was, in 1975 I, yeah, or 76. 17. Yeah. You know, I think in the late 70s, I spent a couple winters in the islands, kind of motivated by freeride. Oh, I'm going to go and live there make a name for myself sure didn't happen i just scared the crap out of myself but i had a good time (laughs) yeah Yeah. i hear you um you know it's funny um i guess we fast forward into the 80s a little bit and in some regards surfers the movie also made by bill delaney Mm -hmm. i believe yeah would be sort of the movie that kind of tapped into that generation perhaps would you agree with that yeah yeah and then as we go into the 90s, we we get VHS and 
videotape and of course Taylor Steele's momentum mm-hmm. comes along and it's that generation's mm-hmm. Endless Summer. Absolutely. Of course none of these movies transcend to the mainstream like the Endless Summer, but right. as far as the core audience, yeah, absolutely. Every generation has their yeah, their one. And 2003 comes along and we get another mainstream sort right. of film, Step into Liquid, right. which is your Film, right? A great film, critically acclaimed film, a film that I took my children to on the big screen, enjoyed the crap out of it. Thanks. Very well done, and and I'm one of these guys, and you you might have this experience too, but um, I've seen a few surf movies, you know. Yeah. And and so I'm a little uh, fatigued, I guess you could right. say, unless it's a really good one, right? And you made a spectacular movie, and I went into it sort of okay. We'll go see this movie, yeah. you know, whatever. You know, I was, and I was blown away how entertained I was by it. So, good work, obviously. And I want to talk about the film a little bit because one of the things I think was, and talk to me about this: how important is music to any movie? Is it underrated? Music, because the music in Step into Liquid was so good. Yeah. It, that it carries some segments. I yeah, think. it's super important. Yeah. The music. Yeah, I think anybody who's a serious filmmaker would tell you that. I mean, it just, it, it's that other character. Because a lot of it, especially with surfing or off-road racing, there's a lot of visual. You're letting the audience kind of come to it. So to pick the right piece of music is, is super important. Do you ever listen to music or before you were making it and going, oh, you know what, I need to have a segment wrapped around that song like have you ever listened to music and went you know what we need for this this piece of music like basically music is driving the segment yeah sure yeah. The, i mean not real long segments but absolutely i think if you took step in a liquid there's a song in there um oh crud i'm not gonna remember the name of the band but it, it basically like a punk song and the guy keeps yelling carpe diem you know is, is it slightly stupid it I was no. slightly stupid at a song, and it doesn't no. matter. And yeah, I yeah. heard this song, and I was going to avoid like a wipeout sequence because we had enough wipeouts. And I heard this song, and I and we shot at pipeline and didn't exactly get what we want, but we had some good wipeouts. And I ended up making a wipe. I said, "No, we're going to do like a traditional minute ten wipeout sequence." Because I mean, this song just it just seemed to work. Like he heard the song and put it in the images, and I was like, "Okay, never mind. Plan Plan B here." But sure, you yeah. can hear a piece of music and and. Um, th- I just made a movie called uh, Dust Two Glory, the number two, mm-hmm. which is like a sequel to the Bah movie. And there's a movie that a song that ends that with these kids like washing up a, a racing Volkswagen down these these kids that are from battered families and they live in this home and that that home sponsors the Volkswagen and the Volkswagen's back from the race. And we filmed it. I said, This is the sweetest thing. If we could just play this without you know, the the movie basically end, you'd have this great last scene where I'm not talking the audience, and then there's a song we heard then too. I mean, I heard that a year and a half before we cut the thing. Yeah, you know, that's that's the song, you know. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that happens. Yeah, it, it's always a little bit different. Every scene's, a, everything's a little bit. Sometimes you're motivated by one thing, and sometimes the other. Can you can you recall music that you really really wanted, like a song or something that you just couldn't get? Yeah, like yeah. It, what, give me an example of well, a story or a nightmare, okay, as the case may be. It was in. We shot Cortez Banks the first time those guys rode that for for Step. Um, it was pretty early in the shooting, and that was something that uh, Sean Collins had set up, and I talked to Sean, and he said, well, if we do it, you know, we'll meet you out there. So it happened, and the day was great, and we got it, and it made all the papers, and we're sitting on 
the good footage because we had a stabilized mount and uh, and they had an old ASR show where somebody called me and says, is there any possible way? It might have been Sean Collins. Like, you know, we can play it in our booth. You know, we're just going to play it in the booth. Not So Beautiful Day had just hit by the U2. And I was playing, so I just put Beautiful Day underneath this footage, and I just started falling in love with it. This is, even though that song got huge, and I go, this is perfect. And we cut that thing, and we had it always in there as temp, and I was being told by people, we'll be able to get this. We'll be able to get it. And, man, that film was being locked, and they went, we can't get it. And it was like, what are we going to do? And the composer's like, I don't think I can write. So we ended up, uh, geez, somebody listen to this. And this is no offense to who did this. Somebody got a YouTube cover band. That what you hear in there is a thing called uh, Happy Day or something. Uh-huh. It was just different enough, but it wasn't the same song. So right. that, that was one that stood out because it, it had always been in. That scene was cut like you see it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And people cut. That would be the one you'd show in their net room. Mm-hmm. You got anything to show me? You'd, I'd always show them that. And they go, oh, my God, that thing's fantastic. You know? right. And other scenes you're always working on. But, but then when they said... Uh, yeah, well, I think they were going to let us use it for just a lot of money, and we couldn't afford right. it. So it's like that's usually the no, case. That's, that's my one song that jumps out. Okay, that I was that's disappointed classic. with because I know that um, when Sean Thompson did um, "Busting Down the Door," he had yeah. he had a lot of really cool songs in there, like Bowie and Stones, and yeah. and, it, and I remember he came by Surfer Magazine and he showed it to us, and I'm like, "Are you really getting this music?" Because I had I do a little I'm a Amateur filmmaker, so yeah, I yeah. understand the drama of getting music, but I think he had some problems. Yeah, with some of those. it's hard. You you always meet people early on. They go, "Not a problem, not a problem." <laughs> and uh, in Endless Summer too, Dad wanted there's a scene. It might be a pipeline too. With it, he wanted the song Wipeout. He was just going to lean right into this cliche thing, you know, Wipeout and these Wipeouts. And then uh, whoever owns the publishing rights of Wipeouts got a hold of us, and it's like fifty grand. Dad's like, no fucking, oh, sorry. No, no it's, way. It's okay. <laughs> no way. And yeah. uh, but did the same thing. The composer wrote something that's got this similar drum beat, but it just varies. But it is amazing. Yeah. You're like when you're making a film, you well, how, how much could this really be? Sometimes it's quite a bit. And sometimes they give you a really good deal. So, I uh, There's a song, Life is a Miracle, by Pato Bantan, which yeah, is in Step into that's Liquid. In, yeah, yeah. I love that and, song. And I made... I didn't make, but I was brought in to, to clean up a really horrible surf film that I'm not even going to name yeah, the name yeah. of. But I loved that song so much from Step in the Liquid that I used it nice for this little yeah, this little scene. That was the such a good song. It's such a good song. Um, Dave Kaplan, I think, is his name. Surf Dog Records, down yeah, there in, down in Encinitas. Yeah. So Dave was our music supervisor on Endless Summer Two, and then I did Step in the Liquid, and I said, "Hey, Dave," and he just had guys on his label and send them to me. And that was the thing after the U2 deal. We didn't have a song for the very end of it. I think what the composer wrote, I wasn't real happy with. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, it, and it dawned on me, maybe you need lyrics. That way I don't have to talk, you know. Sure. And boy, I came across that song. And I just, that was one of those jackpot moments. Yeah. And I knew we could get it because Dave said, like, if you got anything. And I went, hey, you know, I found it. But yeah, I that, think that's where we got it, actually, now that I think about yeah. it. I think he basically goes, here's what's available. Yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, that's the song from Step in the Liquid. I love that song. It's such a great song. It's weird to think that song just gets passed around like that. But yeah, yeah I think that's a great song. Well, um, so we talked a little bit about Endless Summer, then Five Summer Stories, then maybe it's Free Ride. Then maybe it's Surfers the movie, and then the next generation, 
uh, is Momentum, Taylor Stills' mm-hmm. movie. And maybe the next generation of a feature-length film is Step into Liquid. Are we ever going to see another feature-length film oh, from, the, from the surf world? Do you I think, think so. that the audience has the... It's you a know, good the, question. I mean, they, they, that momentum thing that was on HBO. Yeah. I mean, documentary about, though. I mean, I'm very making specific of, about, yeah. But how about this? Guys. Even a better question, maybe, is a nationally distributed feature yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about, I, I think surfing's, I mean, you got, like you said, you got to do it right. The problem is people don't do a good job. There's fatigue. Yeah. But boy, as, as a subject matter, I stayed in San Clemente last night. And I walked down to the pier this morning, and there's like five kids, like shivering. They got like softies, and I'm thinking, what? Did they already go out? And here comes their parents, like to pick them up. They're like, okay, put the boards on top. What's that story? You know, and you see people that, you know, I've helped with people with autism and stuff, and you take them in the water and you help veterans, and and that's just that part of it. Let alone how good the surfers are getting. So I think for sure there's the subject matter there. In many ways, it would be sort of that same paradigm that is uh, step into liquid. And on any Sunday is like this, too, where you've got this little segment of a story. It's basically a large 60 minutes where you've got five or six or seven different segments that are tied in with however you transition those things. But they're all different stories underneath the umbrella of isn't surfing bitches. It's not to say you can't do a character-driven piece. But, I mean, when I look at surfing sometimes, like maybe what joins it's the theme more than an individual. I think I've – because people always ask about Endless Summer. Like, would you ever think of – that'd be a hard one. Because back when Dad did surfing, surfing was – between here and here, right? Now you got longboard, shortboard, towing, this, that. There's right. an expectation of the kind of waves you get. So when I look at surfing, I'm always looking at more like the humanity. Because you, you know you're going to get the action. There's great cameramen out there. People yeah. got places dialed in. You know you can show up and kill it yeah. action-wise. But, you know, what's the story? Right. Behind? The conflict, perhaps, right? Yeah, the con- I mean, yeah, the conflict or what, what joins them all, you know, all together. But I, I think for sure. There, I mean, shit, they make movies about every day. I mean, how many <laughs> detective movies are there? A zillion five, you know? Yeah. yeah, they can do a a good surf movie or two. Wouldn't be bad. Or A quick break in the podcast to tell you about RideList and the RideList app for your iPhone. Download the RideList app and start buying, selling, and swapping your gear with other like-minded individuals. This is a peer-to-peer buy-sell-swap network. Surfboards, mountain bikes, skateboards, snowboards, wetsuits, the RideList app. I'm looking through it right now. And I've put the filter on for just mountain bikes. And I push apply. And oh boy, all sorts of stuff showing up here. Cool stuff and great prices. A Giant Stance mountain bike. There's a 2014 BMC Speed Fox. 50 millimeter carbon wheel set. A 2017 Trek Sky. And even a Shafe leather biker jacket on here. I'm going to go real quick and put the Surf Water Sports filter on and click Apply. And here we go. Killer Channel Island surfboard. Here's a Stuart 66 fun board. All boards are fun, right? Here's a Chemistry 56. 
a Focus Hawaii Surf Sup, a Mayhem, a really nice lost Uber driver Mayhem for 450 bucks. Looks brand new. Here's a GoPro. All sorts of cool stuff on the Ride List app. Man, there's a lot of cool boards on here. Ride List, you guys, check it out. Download the Ride List app. Do yourself a favor. Buy, sell, share, swap your gear with fellow like-minded riders like you. It's a peer-to-peer marketplace. Ride List. Download it today. Now back to the podcast. Would you rather have great footage or and average music or great music and average footage? That's a great question. Boy, that's a that's a coin toss, but but uh man, cuz I was going to say great music, I think, but then cuz not, not bad footage, but great music with average yeah, yeah, footage. Yeah. No, if you have if you have really good music, you make images resonate more than the opposite, you know. Right. I think uh music well, is more powerful. I think so. I mean, it just helps complete it for yeah. people. You know, we did that that scene I was the Cortez Bank scene that um, somebody wanted it that helped with that Project Neptune, which is the name of the reason we all went out there. Is it possible to use some of your footage? And I was going, sure. Here's a bunch of source stuff, but don't cut it. Like, I don't want it being seen like we're going to cut it. Right. And guys I was working with going like, Danny, you can't. Yeah. They don't trust me. They're not going to do it quite like we did it. And they, that thing was around for a year. And nobody ever once went. I saw that footage there because if you see that scene, we use a lot more of these sweeping long shots and they just did this more kinetic thing. It was Mm -hmm. hard to tell it was the same footage Mm. and the music I think was worse. Mm. Ours was grander and you know, we had the Richard Gibbs, a composer. So, so yeah, probably music, music in an approach. You can make footage look a lot of different. Like you said, if it's okay, if it's terrible. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I think about times when I emote during a film and it's, and I've really excavated it and it's because of the music. Mm -hmm. The music is what makes me personally feel the emotion. Or or there, or sometimes, yeah, there's that moment. You don't know why it's where I, I watch movies. I love movies you know yeah. good movies and i'll watch them five times and still not understand why something hit me a certain way yeah you know i mean uh could be a there's a movie um 
or Hell or High Water, not not Keith's movie about body surfing, but the Jeff Bridges one with Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple shots, the way they set that up and people walking, that you just feel this empathy for the characters. You get a sense of the place. And yeah, there's music there too and sound effects, but it's like I'm always stunned. I've, I think I've seen it maybe five times. And yeah. I get into the movie, I forget like what I'm looking for because that Western cowboy thing is very similar to surfing it's similar to off-road racing the thought of you know how would you frame something enter in the frame uh-huh. and i still get caught up but there's something about when you get that, caught up do you say do you mean you that you emote do you do you cry do you what, well what do you mean i you don't get cry i don't cry do you cry at movies i have cried at movies yeah yeah, yeah what field makes of you dreams. cry field of dreams <laughs> my kid jd my oldest but who's now the mother the mother of my two grandkids um, my oldest daughter, we went and saw Field of Dreams whenever that came out, late 80s, and she's just a little thing, and he goes to play catch, you know. That's your dad. I want to play catch. And I'm like, and she, and I glance down at her, and she's like all of like half my size, and she's just staring at my, Dad, are you okay? Dad, are you okay? I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, awesome. but yeah, yeah, I think I find it easier to cry sometimes or, or feel that in movies than you do in real life. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Because there's a different... If you're just watching a movie, you're just watching it, and you, there's no expectation you have to react to it right. or anything. So it's a, it's probably a little more vulnerable. Sometimes. I wonder what the music was doing in that moment in that scene. Even though I know you were with your daughter, which is oh, helps. it was bit, it was. The, I'm sure the, the music theme. was just twisting it. Yeah, because I think that movie was before Endless Summer too, and I had this idea like, oh, this is grand and sweet, and I and you know you're using temp music, and I think we had temp music, and I put that under. I thought Dad's gonna love this. But it, it wasn't quite working because I think, oh, this is very specific to that scene. And Dad's like, this is kind of schmaltzy. <laughs> you know, I'm going, yeah, I just want it bigger. And, uh, but, yeah, it, it, yeah, mo- movies do make – good movies make me emotional. Yeah. I just don't go and crying at anything. No, of course not. Yeah. I'm horrible with horror movies. Like, they scare the hell out of me. Like, oh, if you yeah. take me, I'm like, yeah, jeez. Do you actively go see horror movies? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. When Step came out uh, – I got this agent. They go, you got to get an agent at a uh, real big agency. And Okay. And you want to do a fiction film, Dana? I go, yeah, you know, if it works out, we're going to send you a script. We had a courier coming. This goes on for like three weeks. Here's the script. Do you want to do it? And they're all horror films. Uh-huh. Like the scripts would scare you. Right. And I'm like, you know, would you like to do it? I'm going, I don't. First of all, I don't even know how to make a table go across a room and cleave somebody in half. And- <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And, and then uh, I go, but, you know, thank you for sending, sending it. Finally, I go to the agent. I go, look, look man, it, why do you keep sending me horror movies? This is the one genre I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not into exactly. You know, he goes, well, your demographic, young males really love your films. And young males really love horror films. So the geniuses figured out oh, that I'd God. be a good... But I thought that was funny. And that I is. love that he admitted it. And I just yeah. went, like, I don't think... That's Although, funny. you know, like that, uh, the Jordan Peele Get Out, I thought was great, which I guess you could call a horror film. I mean, there, there's things in that genre I like, but the full-blown just Over people getting yeah. just slashed up. Yeah. And my youngest daughter, who's, you know, five foot two, 105 pounds, she, she does, they don't phase her at all. Yeah. Like, honestly, my, my, my other kids, me, ugh. Yeah. She's like, it's great. Look, it's like somehow it seems too real to me. Like that could really happen. That guy could really come back from the. In many ways, maybe the filmmaker has succeeded. Oh, like, I, oh, right? I, yeah. Oh, without yeah. question. No, I'm hooked like right to the gills. Yeah. Like I'm buying it, no matter yeah. how dumb it is. Like right. I'm like, oh no, this could happen. <laughs> this could happen.
the um, you mentioned we mentioned we were talking a little bit a second ago about this concept of surf films that could be made mm-hmm. subject matter that's out there that needs to happen in some in my opinion maybe right and and I'm going to throw some ideas at you tell me what you think what about Dan Kealoha as a story I think there's oh, yeah. conflict there I think there's some major sovereignty issues like from a deeper theme mm-hmm. you know um, I think Dan Kealoha would be a fascinating one I don't know his story that well I've done a little research I think there was some drama in South Africa regarding apartheid in Dane yeah I think so I too, think there yeah. was there was some issues with him not getting a world title because of some of the points that maybe were stripped from him mm-hmm. or, or he got kicked off tour because he didn't and again my history is a bit uh, botched up yeah. here I think Dane Keelaw is a fascinating one. I think he's the forgotten Dane is the way I like yeah. to phrase it. You know? What do you think about Dane yeah. Keelaw? Possibly. Great surfer. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm do you not- have a list of guys? Of, of, do you have a, like a, a, you know, like a something in your back pocket where you're like, these are stories that need to be told that yeah, we should look at? Sometimes. I mean, as odd as it is, some of them are, uh, I've been, you know, chronicled to death. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking, like Tommy Kern and I go back forever and Tommy's a great friend. And I always think, Tommy's just a hell of a he's a he's Tommy yeah and there's something there it, it you mean nobody's really told the story properly well I because you and I know Tommy in probably a different way than your average Joe in yeah. Jersey or well whatever. I think Tommy's just tough I mean Tommy's like you know he's Tommy he's a very quiet guy and, yeah but he's super funny and creative and that's something you'd like to capture if you did different it. I guess I mean and maybe I'm even looking at more shorter things like yeah. that doesn't yeah. have the overriding arc right. like what Dane went through or, or uh, yeah maybe they're just portions of yeah, a larger yeah. umbrella film yeah. but they're like little like portraits yeah. Tommy I mean God almost any of those guys are successful usually you hear their stories and you're like wow that's you know what I'm fascinated by is the 28 year old pro surfer like a B level pro yes that that gets kicked off tour, yeah. and what in the hell happens to his life? Mm-hmm. The midlife crisis that happens at age 29 oh. to these guys that have no schooling, that have really, they're just, I mean, it's yeah. kind of a scary place. And I mean, we've all faced that on some yeah, level yeah. or another in our lives. So I think everyone can relate to it. But it's really crystallized, I think, for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, that, a million guys fact, like that. Like, where's, where's you know? We actually talked, well, I did a film called High Waters. It's about yes. the Triple Crown and stuff. But yeah. that was in its working stages, and there's always a difference between the working stages and what people want you to do. Mm-hmm. And, and looking back, people go, well, John John's the movie. Well, John John was 13. I mean, yeah. it, we didn't know he was going to become John John. But that was one of the points. That it's not just the surfers spend everything to get their hope, their picture. There's all those photographers. There's half of those guys. I mean, they're just hanging on, hoping. And it, there's something fantastic because they're all just kind of on this ride. They've all let go of the edge of the pool. And the kind of the chaos or the, the this, uh, I don't know, it reminds you of what sports must have been like 100 years ago, the big sports, where it seems big from the outside, but a lot of these guys are just, you know. Scraping or scraping. walking a fine line, sure. right? Like right. back in the day, they, oh, why didn't that guy play more? I mean, back 100 years ago in baseball. Well, they, they had a farm and they didn't get paid enough to play baseball, so they stayed. Right. You know, now that'd be unthinkable. Like, yeah. well, no, they get... Well, they don't. And most of these guys don't get paid like that either. And that's not really why they're doing it. You know, they're doing it for their that moment. I mean, what like, about other uh, – I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, I just was saying – just to go back to the camera guys. I mean, you stand there at the beach at Pipeline. There's, there's millions of dollars in lenses. I mean, these guys – there's so many lenses. 
I've got one I want to sell you. <laughs> those things are so expensive. And you're looking at them, and they're just clicking away. And yeah. if you're there, you know, a while, every day, you see them, and they're working their butts off. And you're thinking, like, what is the – and they'll come up to me or something, like, pleasure to meet you, and, you know, can get some advice. And it's like the advice is – Get a CPA. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I spoke at film schools and stuff and, you know, the kids are like, cause they always like, they like dad's story, like my story. Cause you're kind of the little guy that can be with the big boys occasionally. Right. You know? And, uh, and I go, well, if you just love telling stories, you're going to do this regardless. In other right. words, you're going to get a job at a bank, but you're going to drive your loved one nuts by doing it. Then you're probably in the right thing. But if you're doing this, cause you think you're gonna make a lot of money. So I'd ask, like, how many people do this because they just love it, not really concerned about the money, maybe that'll work out. And it seemed like half the hands would go, how many people are here because they really want to do it and they also want to make a good living? And just, like you said, become a CPA. Yeah. There's no guarantee at all, nothing close. Yeah. And the people that usually do well in film, the reason they even have money is they invested what they got. Why? You know, yeah. It doesn't generate, you're not Brad Pitt. You know, yeah. Nobody's paying anybody that kind of bread. Right. Or you could go do commercials. There's good money in commercials. But all the kind of flashy go to the premiere stuff. Yeah. That's it's it's not the soundest no. financial bet. But if you love if that's what you were going to do anyways and you can l- live yeah. and live decently then then great. You but the story sure. is the guy that doesn't pull it out. Like to me this the interesting thing in surfing, one of them because everything else has been played out. Like yeah. I've seen enough films about how spiritual surfing is. Like I get it. Okay, please don't make me another one, you know what I mean? But it's the one where yeah. it's like it's like yeah. the dark side of yeah. it. I would what if, what if I proposed to you a concept of like the guys that quit surfing? Yeah. Like, do you still surf? Do you still ride waves? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do too, but I often wonder. Like, I, I think of guys like Carl Ekstrom, or there's a million guys. Yeah, like Hinson, even. Yeah. Um, who, how come they quit surfing? To me, that's so foreign, you know. But people do that, and yeah. I'm starting to see it too as I get older. I'm starting like, oh, you know what? Maybe when I'm 60, I won't be surfing anymore. Yeah. And that's just something that I held so dear yeah, to yeah. my. So this is a subject matter that I'm sort of think is yeah, interesting. Yeah. The concept well, of quitting surfing. It is interesting. I, I mean, I, everyone I mean, wants to start. With Mike, maybe Mike stopped just because he wasn't. I mean, Mike was so good, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the one thing I can keep surfing because I never, what you know, yeah. what happened to him? Like, well, so I mean, his ego was tied to it, and he, he maybe, lost some of it. Maybe I don't yeah, want to no, speak I, for Mike. No, I know you. I know my I dad. My dad quit. Didn't surf the last seven, eight years of life because he got this uh, tendon thing on the palm of his hands. That is, there's a name for it. You're, anyways, he couldn't paddle some sort of easily. carpal tunnel or something. Yeah, yeah, and that that was one reason it kept him out of the water. But yeah, I'm surprised if you can paddle out. I don't know why you wouldn't yeah. surf. Right. I can see not going to a crowded spot that you're getting. Right. That's just a yeah, rasp, but, yeah. But yeah, I can't imagine not. So surfing. then, then you would see why the concept of quitting surfing is yeah. sort of fascinating. Yeah. You know, like I could see that as subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm trying to get you to do some of my films. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm doing one on Dad. By the way, I got to work that in before. Oh, no, we're gonna. Yells we're gonna. Me. All right. We're 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 gonna get uh, there. Radio Land. We got this is a podcast. This goes for podcast four hours. Land. Oh, good, <laughs> good. There's um, there's a scene in Step into Liquid, real quick, because I'm a I'm a wannabe filmmaker, so I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by this. Where there's voiceover of Rochelle Ballard, and she basically goes, you know, surfing's great, blah blah blah. You jump from the concrete. Mm-hmm. into the water you're stepping into liquid mm-hmm. and i thought to myself did dana direct that or did she no, actually she say said that it. and then in the editing bay you're like oh there's our there's our title well here yeah what so we called that top secret surf movie when we started mm-hmm. 
And then there was some attention from the surfing press and stuff, and everyone wanted a name. I'm like, I don't, I'm bad at naming stuff. Let's see how the movie looks. I don't want to name it. Then it was like, no, you better name it. And I said, well, it's just about, it's really about all these different tribes. The, the first thought of that movie was it was supposed to be one day. Like, this is one day, and this is all these things that happen in the world of surfing in a day. And then we had that device, and it just seemed too fictional to justify what we had. Anyways, that was going into it. So what are you going to call it? So I finally went, it's about the water. It's about, we'll call it liquid. Liquid. Oh, that works good. They actually made hats. I have one in the car, which is Liquid Crew. So it's liquid, liquid, liquid. Surfer ran a little article, liquid. Sure enough, somebody does a check and goes, you can't use that name. Uh, Paramount owns Liquid. It's trademark. Oh, but all the people like Rochelle and Tahiti thought we were calling it Liquid. So I, I'm not so sure she didn't say stepping into Liquid, like, aren't I clever? I, uh-huh. But then when we had to change the name, I went, then what are we going to call it now? We've had enough press with liquid. And I went, can we call it stepping into liquid? Because then Rochelle, which I love that line, and she's yeah. so great. You know, I, you know. so yeah. I mean, it comes off really natural. Yeah. Which is why I was, I, I was. No, like, no, I, I didn't. I, I tried behind there going, no, I, I need try, you to say this. I try not to do that. I mean, I've done yeah. that, but certainly not till the end of an interview. And you go, hey, do you mind saying these three lines? But it never seems quite natural. So I avoid that, doing that. Just let him talk. Yeah. Him. You know, kind of like what you're letting me do, ramble no, no, this, again and again. You're in the perfect f- format for rambling. <laughs> What's the greatest dramatic sports film ever made? And I know the answer, so this is a quiz. You mean like a fictional? Yes. Well, docudrama, perhaps. What is it? What's your choice? I don't know. I like Miracle, which is oh, the story yeah, of yeah, Kurt the, Russell. The hockey deal? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I just saw that like five, six months ago. Yeah. I think that's a really underrated really one. one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And he's an underrated actor. I yeah, think, he'd play a good surfer. Because most people it, would say, um, you know, the um, De Niro fight film. Oh, um, Raging Bull. Yeah, right, most right. people go, oh, Raging Bull. You know? No, I think Miracle's right there. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you? Um, yeah. I, not sure? Not sure. All right. I don't really rank things. It drives my, my kids nuts. Do you think that This Is Spinal Tap is the greatest Christmas film ever? It could be. Thank you. It could thank be. Elf's pretty darn good, too. Like, <laughs> elf I, I, elf it, is the one. I give myself an elf every yeah. year. Like. Uh, you mentioned Henson. You know, um, obviously, Henson and Robert August, they, they, um, the film and the summer followed them around the globe in search of this perfect the, the summer that never ends. And I was researching, I saw that Mike Henson called your dad brilliant and genius. Mm-hmm. And the reason that the movie was so good, and I don't think that's uh, too much of a stretch or anything, but it obviously wasn't always roses between Mike Henson and mm-hmm. your father. And Mike Henson sued your father, and um, the law- lawsuit, I think, was thrown out of court or something. But mm-hmm. um, did you ever see your father respond, like, you know, behind closed doors about the situation that no, went down I, there? And is this a dead horse that you're just sick of talking I, about? Well, I'm... I'm not happy to talk about it because it wasn't, I wasn't directly involved. Right. But to answer your question about dad, no. Yeah. I think dad felt really disappointed. Yeah. And I think towards the end, like Mike came to Washington when mm-hmm. the thing went in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think just there were feelings it's, hurt, yes. you know? Yeah. And my dad wasn't one really to, to badmouth people behind their back. He'd just be like, he'd just be like, you know, big sigh. And, yeah. So it, yeah. All right. And and I, I've seen Mike a few times. I like Mike yeah. a lot. My brother and Mike are 
are pretty good friends and uh yeah i have nothing but respect for them and that was not a fun deal and yeah. it, it was exacerbated by the fact that occasionally it seemed like every seven years somebody write about that it would just show back up again like yeah, not the endless summer. The endless summer. I, I feel like I just dragged it out. Myself. No, no, it's okay. I mean, he's he's gone. I just felt I I felt bad for all involved. I mean, yeah. obviously I'm on Dad's side. Sure, and, and uh, he was one of the most honest guys I know. But I just th- that was no fun. Yeah, and it's no fun when everybody knows people's dirty laundry, anyways. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if you know what I mean. I do. If you get asked and you feel like God, it's bad enough this is happening, but to to have to kind of comment on it. Yeah, and it's not even my thing. You know. Yeah. I feel like shit for talking about it. To be <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I was like I said, I was researching and I was. And I, uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about this cool new thing that you've got going. Um, from what I understand, and fill me in where I'm wrong here. You and your dad, uh, a few years ago, decided to go around to some of his old pals and just mm-hmm. basically film B-roll more or less. Just get some mm-hmm. great footage in the can of yeah. You and uh, your father, I mean, and his old buddies. Yeah. and, and they, Yeah, so take uh, it from there, please. Well, initially it was, uh, I was in between films, and um, I thought we'd make like a 25-minute, 30-minute thing of taking Dad on the road. My mom passed away in uh, 2006. He hadn't, and they were, those two were like beyond partners. You know, she was a co-driver when he rally car raced. They were like thick as thieves, so he, she got cancer and passed away. And he'd be in the house a lot, you know, at his ranch. And it was like, A, we wanted to go on the trip anyways because it was impossible to get him. I mean, he has a 50-acre ranch. He doesn't have to go anywhere. But it right. would be like, so we thought we can kill two birds with one stone and maybe shoot this fly-on-the-wall thing of the trip that we just make a 20-minute deal of and it shows up on the internet. Or it's- so back up. So the trip, the, the, the um, catalyst for the trip – was I, I thought maybe it was like your dad was like going, look, let's let's meet these guys sort of one last time because I'm getting up in age. No, these that, guys was my, are getting... that was my idea. Okay. That was the idea. Okay. To talk him into it, he was like, ah. Uh. But Kenny and Grubby and the guys we see, Kenny Roberts, Gordon Clark, he was happy to see them. Oh, for sure. So we, you know, I had to rent the motor home, get the, you know, my mm-hmm. buddy to drive and, and all that stuff. And then kind of just, he, he took his dog and him and we went up to, uh, the farthest north we went was to or- see Grubby and Jerry Lopez up in Oregon. And we saw Jack O'Neill in Santa Cruz and Mert Lawwell, who was in Ani Sunday, and Kenny Roberts. And uh, I'm probably forgetting somebody. Yeah. And then we took him to Hawaii. Like two weeks later, we flew him to Hawaii, rented a house uh, right there by Pipe. And uh, we're there like two weeks as well. And he saw Buffalo and Henry Priest and Mark Healy and Joel Toot. You know, people just, it was right. It was in January or February, so that contest season was so. There's still quite a few guys coming through. Saw Kelly and mm-hmm. people come up and talk to him. But cool. The, so it was this smaller idea, and then I got an offer to do uh, Only Sunny the Next Chapter, which I did. That took like two years, and right when that thing ended, I started doing Dust to Glory. And Dad would always go like, "Are you going to do something with that? Like, you should do something with that." Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Dad as soon as I finish this dust to glory and that was finished in uh october of 2017 and then dad passed away in december of 2017 and he literally he would he my dad wouldn't give you sh- too much shit it wasn't like you've got to do it but it'd be kind of like do the, what a dad would do to his son like well did you clean up you clean your room it was like you know you're gonna finish that thing 
And the minute he passed, it kind of dawned on me like, well, now it's a little, it's a longer movie because now you, it's not just this slice of life. Mm-hmm. We can tell a little bit of the past and put this guy in context more than mm-hmm. I was planning on. Right. And that's interesting. You feel like you have more artistic license because well, your father's not there to sort of look over your shoulder. Well, that means he's gone. I mean, he gives you this in. That right. This gentleman's not right. here anymore. Right. You know, so it was like, well, this opens up this possibility. And then Henry's not here anymore. And Jack O'Neill died. And um, June Lawwell merged. So there's a lot of dead people <laughs> in the thing. Right. And it was like, wow. So the more historical stuff is, you know, here here they are. And here's what they were then. And mm-hmm. here's the bigger picture. Hobie. Hobie mm-hmm. was, I think, our first stop. Hobie passed away. and So it just gave it more possibility yeah and you spend those first few months after you know your dad dies and all the lawyer you know all the legal stuff with the houses mm-hmm. and the da 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 the estate and i just happened to be talking to a guy that used to be the head guy at red bull media house and uh, he's i'd love to be in business with you again Are you think any new movies and he just kind of said he says, is there anything you've kind of got done and you'd like to finish and i went yes yes there is so he made it a few phone calls, and, and I met Luke, uh, the editor out there at uh, Schaefer. Is it Schaefer or Schiffer? Schaefer Chop Shop. Schaefer. Schaefer Chop Shop. They're great guys. So they mm-hmm. just kind of went, you can cut it here, do this, what do you think? We'll be your partners. So I kind of went from, it was on the back burner to the front burner within, you know, a month, quick. You know, you, you know, you make movies. A lot of times you have 50 meetings, nothing's ever really happening. This yeah. was went kind of from... Boom. Boom! And yeah. Did it, yeah, and and so when you're like, okay, we're this thing's rocketing into the fourth dimension here, speed. Um, are you writing out a storyline? Like in your in your mind, you've got basically talking heads. Like, is right. there conflict and resolution, or is like, what is it? What does the storyline look like well, from your perspective? Right now, if you're in the edit room, there's like three by five cards all over the place what the scenes are, what we're trying to say with the scene, how mm-hmm. they relate to dad, how they'd relate to the history of surfing. But mm-hmm. so it's kind of when it starts is a little bit all over the map, but yeah. you know, Luke, the editor on this is, he's like 26. And he said, you know, he's, what I love about this is that this story reminds me like what my family would be. He's from Dana point surf guy. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's something you always want to remember. You want anybody watching this to go, yeah, the guy did this. And yeah, his friends are all, but at its core, they're just people. Yeah. You know, this is your crazy Uncle Larry. This is the this is the eccentric friend that anybody can identify with. So, and I love that he said that. So then you don't get so caught up in the the surf history and you know when gods walked the earth and all that crap that just makes it it just makes it harder for the viewer to relate. Because I think Dad and and Gordon and and Jer- they're so unique and funny and and sweet and and they're, it's inspiring in the sense that these guys aren't. They're special people, but they're not like extraordinary. Like if LeBron James is sitting here, yeah, and you're going six nine, and he's two sixty, and the guys, you go, well, I can't do that because yeah. th- he's been touched by the gods. But like somebody, whether it's Dad or Hobie, they're more like, oh, this is just this kind of like can do spirit, and they're funny, and so it's it's neat when they're together because they don't ever talk about how double bitching they are. They kind of give each other shit all the time and yeah. laugh, yeah. you know. And, and and I think you saw the. The sizzle reel, but at the end of that, Grubby, you know, Dad's like, "Let's go inside and tell Grubby jokes." And Grubby's like, "No, this is the story here," and that kind of sums it up, you know. So yeah. it's got a, 
So I, I'm real proud to be doing it and, and get that off my back. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a neat, it's a neat slice of life of all yeah, those guys. You know? For sure. Yeah. I'm excited. I, the sizzle really great. And, um, I'm excited about it. And frankly, when, when the concept of you and I doing a podcast came about, or actually before the podcast, yeah. when, when, when our mutual friend said, Hey, I'm doing this thing maybe, or Dana's doing this thing. And he said, endless summer. And I went, Oh my God. Yeah. Please, I got endless summer fatigue. Yeah. Well, after his passing, yeah, PBS did something. There's been quite a few things. Yeah. Yeah. You it, must it, have some of that. Do you oh, have sure. endless summer fatigue a little bit? Sure. Just like, yeah. I don't know, like, because it's, it's just a great, I mean, it's more than just the, that name and stuff, but sure. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. But this sounds really, like, to me, and, 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 and you know this phrase, Dana Point Mafia. Yeah. And sure. I think that that's a real hook from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. I don't know if that's involved anywhere well, we did, uh, with you guys in the editing. Well, Hobie's in it and Grubby and, and, and uh, just talking to... Matt's maybe. The guy who runs this place. Oh, yeah. Dick D- Matt's. And Dick's like one of Dad's oldest friends. They've always been... So, he, I mean, I remember all those guys when I was a baby. So know? are there other interviews that you could do if yeah. you went with that sort of concept? Yeah, that, we, we and we're going to. Okay. I mean, right now we're trying to get the, the, the rough part of it. Yeah pretty put together that th- then it's like you know it'd be great to talk to here is right them or, or this or i just talking to jp out there and uh yeah his his father yeah and he was saying they all get together in capitol beach like once a month or he's talking mickey and all. i said well next time that happens tell me because i'm just cutting this thing in irvine and we can come down and just shoot that not make a giant scene out of it yeah. but here they are these guys oh, still hey, exist you know that is so classic some There's... of them are statues they're doheny and some of them are <laughs> at the coffee shop you know right so there you go there's a crew of old guys down where i li- like carl ekstrom his brother woody yeah um tom keck old yeah, oh, photographer yeah. i just ran into these guys at the coffee shop the other day they meet every yeah. and they used to meet at the chart house because the guy who's one of the guys joey cabell no it wasn't joey but it was a no, oh, the, John Creed. It wasn't Creed. There was the pa- who's the paddler guy. Anyway, okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to lose my yeah. I, I'm having an old man moment with yeah, names. But anyway, these guys all hooey up and circle up every yeah. week and have it's, coffee. It, and I run into them. And I, and I even told the guy I'm with. I'm like, do you see those guys over there? Do you, do you know who those guys are? You know, like I was starstruck. Yeah. But he's like a bunch of old dudes. So Tom Keck sent me like this is three months ago, and I've not responded to you, Tom. So if you happen to listen to this, I apologize. I you know you're looking at your messages and it says Tom Keck. It might have been an emailer. I'm like, Tom Keck. Click on it, and, and it was something he ran across, and it was a, a membership card of the Wind and Sea Surf Club in my dad's name. It said Bruce Brown, 1965. When, I didn't realize they had cards for the Wind and Sea Surf Club, but, but it was very sweet of Tom to, like, he ran across it, figured out, you know, my email or my mm-hmm. phone and sent it to me. So I, I meant to thank him. It was just this photo of this laminated little card because I didn't know That's that cool. about that. The, yeah. the Butch and Dell and those guys would have a card. Like, they, had, can you, they had a lot can of you shit. Sit in the shack? Yeah, I got, I got my card. I'm okay. But yeah, it was very, it was really sweet, you know. And 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 that's the other thing. Those guys, they they're not full of themselves, you know. They're, they're such a nice. That's what's inspiring to me about them. None of them. Yeah. They're just like they're just people. They're not like waiting for you to anybody to treat them any different or act. And I think that's why they got so much stuff done in their lives. And that's why, like you said, no, those are legends. They're inspiring yeah. to see them all get together and still make the same dumb jokes and laugh yeah. and and be tickled, you know. And, and it, 
yeah, to me, if if the sport of surfing has any legacy, it's that. It's stuff like that that you see. Yeah. Because, you know, you can go to a retirement home, and there's people that have been accountants or whatever their whole lives, and they're not happy. Yeah. You know. They don't have that fellowship. No. Or that bond. Or just that goofy sense of humor. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. They, just, they, they all seem to say so young, kind of. You know, not, yeah. not of course, you're all, we're all dented by life, but not, you know, yeah. wounded right. by it, you know. Anyways. So... So cool. So you, it sounds like you've got a pretty fabulous framework for this film. You don't have a working title, or do you have? I know you said you're not good with titles, but no. Well, I think doesn't really matter. They're calling it like Lives of Endless Summer, Bruce Brown. I mean, I had like two other titles. You know, to be honest, you know how this works. Like they go marketing, and a rose is a rose. If it's a good movie, people like the name. If it's not a good movie, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, momentum's great because it had all that influence, right? Yeah. Or, or free ride, you know, whatever. And I've always said that about the endless summer It's like, you know, well, the title was so great. And I was like, no, nah, the movie didn't work. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, when does that ever happen? Yeah. But the title carried the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know the movie sucked, but that title, <laughs> was a great home dig, what a great title. A miracle is a yeah, great yeah. title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, and that's tall. That was tall. Uh, yeah, they must have been thinking, like, how are we going to do this? I always thought Kurt Russell would make a great, if you're doing a fictional surfer. Like when you think fictional, yeah. Sam Elliott's another one. Yeah. You go, th- th- those are the kind of guys that have that kind of charisma, but you could, this seemed like some of those old Bridges kind of. The, Jeff Bridges, kind absolutely. Of just because of that great character in the Lebowski movie. Yeah, yeah. But there's that kind of natural uh, uh, Western cowboy loose quality of those guys. They're yeah. still charming and... Yeah. People of all ilk could get it. I mean, sometimes I always think that if you're from the West Coast or surfer, isn't that guy great? Other people kind of from inland, like, no. Yeah. But there's some that just cross that line that, yeah. that you know, everybody adores. There like, seems to be a real connection with ranches and riding motorcycles and going to Idaho that this whole crew that you talk oh, yeah. about. When you talk about Grubby and Jerry and Dick Matz and yeah. your oh. father and, and all of these guys, mm-hmm. they were on Hobie. I mean, these oh. guys were all riding motorcycles. Oh, yeah. And yeah. going on big rides. So they did really kind of cross All kinds over. of things, sure. And they had, they go sailing and boats and commercial sword fishing. And, yeah. Yeah, they, they, uh, they didn't sit on the couch too much. No. Those guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, what else? What else am I missing here? What have, what's? What else can you tell me about the movie that I need to know? Um, I think it's going to be a really good movie, and it's a lot of heart in it. I'm not good at pinning this tearjerker. Oh, you know, I hope not, because I mean, obviously, you know, these people died. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, not too much. I think there's a lot of real poignant stuff. Are you in it? Yeah, good. Because I was on, on in the trip. My brother and sister are in it. Yeah, I think we're going to go shoot. Here, spoiler alert. I think the last scene we're going to go shoot my grandson, who's, oh, cool. who's eight, surfing down here. He just He's like, now Mr. Shortbart, every day he's going out. But just that, that thought that yes. just keeps and going do you on have, and on. Do you have imagery of your father with your grandson, too? Yeah. That kind of like yeah, can make yeah. that happen. Oh, yeah. He, he loved the grandkids, yeah. 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 And he's like a little blonde. It's like the same. Do you think the look. film, do you ever concern yourself that the film will be... Um too insular to you guys and not i mean well the con i, I guess the f- main theme is family obviously yeah. so everyone can relate to that yeah right yeah. And- no i'm very i'm very aware not to i don't 
I think anybody that's a filmmaker or writer, something you have to be so self-critical. Yeah, I, I don't I think I'll fall into that yeah, trap. I'm usually talked into it by other people going, no, you should leave that in there. Right. Um, uh, this last movie I did, Dust to Glory, it starts with uh, in inside camera car, me as a co-driver in, in the race, which I did this first stretch. Mm-hmm. And we, I was in there just to shoot the other guy doing it, and I got out at pit one, and mm-hmm. they brought him back to Ensenada. Anyways, the, the editor on that was like, oh, you cut the scene. And I go, and my head's all bouncing around. And I go, well, no, 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 no. And then it dawned on me, no, this would be good because I can make fun of myself here and we could do all this expository stuff. But that's, but even then it took three guys to go, Dan, it's, it's great. Yeah. They already know you're the narrator. But I'm pretty aware of that because we've all, yeah. like, right, we've all had that experience of watching a movie going, boy, this person just loves himself a little too much. Yeah. And you don't want to. That's one of those lines you hate to cross the audience. Yeah. I mean, I'm already narrating the stupid thing. And, yeah. You know, it's more like, look, look at me. Look at me is okay to a point. But do you write uh, like the like the first scene? Like, I mean, how much writing do you do in this thing? Like, do you basically set this thing up through narration, through voiceover? Like, this is a, or is, I mean, I'm just yeah, curious it, as to it, how it, you it depends. Think. Right now, well, I hate to talk about rough cuts. Right now, it's it's literally me sitting on a stool on camera going. I just let me tell out. you about my father's yeah. friends. Yeah, this uh-huh. is where this came from. This is what yeah. we're doing. So then you just jump into the movie without mm-hmm. having to have that kind of right. What am I looking at here? And I got that from uh, M- Widows, a movie that uh, Steve McQueen, not our friend Steve McQueen, the the director Steve McQueen now, but he just suddenly showed up. It was at, it was at the AMC theater, and he's sitting there, and because it's a movie, I, I went, "That's a hell." And it was a fiction movie, but uh-huh. I thought. Oh, maybe we'll do that in this movie because that way we just get it all out of the way. Right. Here's it's who so I am. simple and intuitive. And, and then it just goes, then you just go into the. But maybe my, I could see a filmmaker brain going overboard and going, what's the convention I can use instead of making it simple? Let me yeah, make yeah. it difficult. Yeah, you know? well, I try to start, like, as Luke knows, Luke's just standing outside this place right now. But as Luke, you know, you try to start simple. And you con- it's easier to go simple and complicated, right? Right. It's easier to, yeah. So we try to keep it as like straightforward on the rough cut as possible, and then right. go like, oh, because hey, at least can- then you have a skeleton. Exactly, because right? the hard parts when you think oh, we'll figure out how these two things relate, and it's really difficult sometimes to do that. Yeah. That that's how I work anyway. Yeah. My dad used to always say, "Kiss, kiss, Dana, kiss," and I mean, keep it simple, stupid. Because uh, I mean, I he was my apprentice. I mean, he hired me to put his old surf movies back together. Yeah, and then. uh I did something for Greg Knoll, put Surf for Surf back together for him. And then Dad goes, you want to do Endless Summer too? But, and that was two and a half years. But my whole apprentice, I would not be working in this business if it wasn't for him. What would you be doing? I don't know. I was writing and stuff mm-hmm. before. That's what I liked. Because yeah. I took film in school and I had a camera. But then it was like, well, I'll go to L.A. and become a P.A. And, you know, it's just like. Did it I- feel too much pressure like follow the father's footsteps well, is there a lot of that kind of like there, i can never fill these feet no no you just make your own footsteps i mean you yeah. don't worry about that you worry yeah so i just put it aside like i like film class i like film i just thought it's too complicated and too much money to get into that and yeah and then when he called and it was i lived by him up there in santa barbara and it was like okay cool i'll do that and then that was by the time that and Endless Summer 2 was done, it was like five years yeah. working for him. And then he just came down the hall and said, well, I'm retiring again, so you know. But I had enough chops at that time to realize, I'll go do this. And I w- went and worked with Ira Opper and Matt Warshaw on the Surfer's Journal for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. 
and then by that point, you know, and you're younger, like, yeah, I know everything now. So then <laughs> decide to step in a liquid, and here's now, you know, going 30 years of yeah. been my job. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Did you ever poke your, poke your head into your father's office when you're doing step into liquid and going, hey, I, I oh, got a quick question here. All I the need time. Some, yeah. I cut it in, in Long Beach, um, and he'd come down and visit, but sure. Yeah. All the time. Cool. I mean, that, that's what most of them going to miss. This would be the first film that, done that i don't run it by him right because he's the one guy he he got how to tell stories he understood that, that yeah he was a great sounding board mm -hmm. yeah cool so we don't have a working title uh i like dana point mafia vicky's not even looking up anymore she's like she's i think it's called i think it's Milana called the lives, the lives of or no what is it bruce brown the lives of endless summer or something like this I can't remember. Dana so, Point Mafia, Vicky, just remember that. That's a marketing move. The mob. Does, it doesn't even have to be in the main title. It can be a subtitle. Anyway, I'm going to yeah. shut up now. Uh, Dana, thank you so much, man. Thank I really you, appreciate sir. it. Have I, have I left anything out? No, Is there I don't something, think so. Vicky, that we need to get across here that I, I want to help promote this best possible? You're like, Scott, you said enough. You've done enough damage. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. 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 Yeah, I think so. Follow us on social media to know where to see the movie in the theater near you. At Dana Point Mafia. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay, we'll, we'll get all that social media yeah. stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Dana, thank you very much. All right, Scott. Thank you, bud.